Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. All right, welcome back to Inside Sources. I'm Ethan Millard filling in today, and uh, let's talk a little bit about this um, redistricting uh, process in Utah and across the country. Uh, the state legislatures, state legislatures every 10 years redraw the congressional districts in their state, and it's a big political hot potato. Um, the trend in Utah has been to use the redistricting process to make the um, elections less fair and less open and less contested. And I think that's a little counterintuitive because, you know, we we profess to be such a pro-capitalist, pro-market state. But we have also done our darndest to remove competition out of politics. And I think that's very, very interesting that that in terms of the larger society, we believe that the more com- competition they, there is, the better the outcome for education, for business. But then when it comes to who gets elected, we flip that completely and we take the exact opposite view that the less competition there is, the better off we'll be. And uh, we have uh, we had a chance earlier today to um, to chat with Adrian Blanco, who is um, with the Washington Post. He's a staff writer at the Washington Post because Washington Post put together this really interesting map where they showed how the different congressional districts voted in the last presidential election, so by how much they went for President Trump or by how much they went for President Biden. And they compared them to what that would be had the new districts been in place for um, for that election, what the new district would have done, how far they would have gone for President Trump or for uh, President Biden. So let's first hear from Adrian Blanco just on on the changes that were made to Utah's congressional map. All four districts uh, have changed in Utah. It can look like these changes are not a big deal, but adjusting the lines just a bit around Salt Lake City has big implications because so many people and voters live there. The new map drawn by the Republican-controlled state legislature uh, splits Democrats who live in the in Salt Lake City metro area between all four of the state's congressional districts. Um, in the new map, Salt Lake City was the area to pick up Democratic-leaning voters and counterbalance them with Republican votes in the other parts of the state. So Utah fits this pattern of eliminating competitive districts as each party fights for the advantage wherever they can get it. Well, and that's – so do you remember what we were talking about with that former staff member of Senator Lee's 
we heard some some cuts from him earlier in this show, and he talked about that process. And I think that we can start to see how the process has been breaking down, at least here in Utah, because I think you can say in Utah that the quality of our representation has fallen. Um, Utah has been victimized unnecessarily by the crazy in politics more than we should have. And, and, and it's because of who we've, we've sent to Washington DC and, and the priorities that they've made. Um, but, and, and I think that you can start to see now how the reduction in competition or the elimination of competition in our races has led to a poor result and poor quality representation in, um, in Washington, D.C. Now, here's what's interesting. The most interesting one is is uh, District 4, which is Burgess Owens. Now, um, in the last election, uh, District 4, which uh, includes Salt Lake, right, was went for Trump by nine points. So it was plus nine for Trump. But if this new map had been in place for that election, it'd be a plus 25 district. And I look at that and and this is where the whole redistricting process really starts to break down for me. Because I know we've heard from the legislators, oh, no, we've heard all this stuff. But it, it all breaks down just in the face of common sense. Do the people of Salt Lake not deserve the same rights as the people of the rest of the states? Because I feel like that's what they've said. I feel like the legislature, by putting them in a plus Trump, plus 25 Trump district now, I think they've told the people, and this was regardless of whether you're Republican or Democrat, we have to look at the process. We have to look at the fact that the people in Salt Lake are American citizens, and they're residents of Utah, for the most part, lifelong residents of Utah. Are you trying to tell me they don't pay taxes and they don't deserve to be represented? And that's why you can mess with them and turn their district into a plus 25 uh, for Trump district? Because it, it seems not just disrespectful, but I mean, it seems really wrong. And I don't mean that in a political sense, because maybe it was the right move politically, but I think it was the wrong move por- uh, morally. I, I, and, I, and I think that that is manifested here, that we've taken people who pay taxes like you do, they're American citizens like you do, they care about their communities like you do, and you have told them that not only do they not deserve to have the same rights as people in the other parts of the state, but they get the added uh, distinction of being forced into now, now District 4, amazingly, is the most Trump district in the state. And uh, I, I think that was bad. I really honestly do. I, I, I really think that was bad and, and unnecessary. And I don't know, well, I guess I can guess. You tell me if you can guess. Why would a group of politicians feel like they can't afford to have competitive elections? Is it because they know the quality's poor? Is it the same reason why a business might be tempted or a, or a government might be tempted to enforce a monopoly? I saw Eastern Europe shortly after communism, and I can tell you that the products that come out of monopolies are poor quality. They're poor quality. They don't meet the needs of the constituency that they're supposed to be serving. And I think we're starting to see that in, in politics as well. And District 4 seems to be the... Um, seems to be that canary where the quality in District 4 has gotten so poor that now they really have to crank the handle on ending competition in that district 
in order to preserve what they've got there. And I, and I think that's too bad because almost certainly there's a better way, right? I mean, wouldn't you expect there to be a, a better way to handle this? Wouldn't you expect that if we had competitive elections that over time we would see more intelligent, we would see more courageous, we would see more ethical representation in Congress? I mean, wouldn't you expect that if that's what people want? And why would we expect to get that out of a, out of a non-competitive monopoly? Why would we expect to see good quality things come out because we know we know what happens in monopolies it's just it's just terrible and i just i i really feel bad because i i feel bad that the legislature so often just goes to the well and just messes with salt lake i don't think salt lake deserves it it's the it's the economic powerhouse of the whole state i mean it is headquarters to our most valuable uh, institutions and I, I don't think Salt Lake deserves the kind of the kind of problems, the kind of hassles that that we've we've laid on them. All right, we've got to grab a quick break. When we come back, though, we're going to talk about a bill coming up that would levy extra penalties against people who attack hospital Live workers. Breaking news now on the mobile app for KSL News Radio, sponsored by Any Hour Services. Listen at home or anywhere you go. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. This is Utah's news station. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.